we are going to be concluding our sermon series today and we're going to recap um, and think about what we've been doing. So our theme has been a fruitful summer, God's power to change your life based on the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And in part one, we asked the question, how can we be more loving? We concluded that we must be led by the Holy Spirit into the way of love. In part two, we asked, how can we cultivate joy in our lives? And we concluded that we must ultimately live Jesus-centered lives. In part three, we asked, how can we cultivate peace in our lives? And we concluded that we must wholeheartedly trust in God. That theme's coming out again, isn't it? Trusting in God. In part four, we asked, how can we develop patience? We concluded that God has been patient with us Therefore, we must be patient with each other. In part five, we asked, how can we practice kindness? And we concluded that we must reflect the kindness of Christ. In part six, we asked, how can we be good and do good? And we concluded, through the glory and goodness of Christ. We did a lot of parts, didn't we? In part seven, we asked, uh, what does it mean to be faithful? And we concluded that even in our faithlessness, God is faithful to us. In part eight, we asked, how can we be more gentle? And we concluded by exercising strength under control. And following on from that, today we'll be asking the question, how can we be more self-controlled? How can we be more self-controlled? Right, congregational participation. What do you think of by the term self-control? Self-control. Who's going who's gonna to kick off? What do you think of by the term self-control? actually um, following through with like the things you said you were going to do thank you following through the promises we make thank you any other thoughts yes resisting temptation brilliant thank you resisting temptation giving more time to God giving more time to God Respecting a boundary of limitations, in a way. Respecting boundaries and limitations. Brilliant. Any other thoughts? Restraint. Thank you, Pete. Restraint. Yeah. Excellent. In Greek, the word for self-control, and forgive my Greek, it's terrible, shocking. Egcrateria, egcrateria. And Plato defined this as self-mastery. I like that, self-mastery. In secular Greek, the word was associated with the virtue of an emperor uh, who never lets his private interests and affairs influence the governing of his people. It is the virtue which enables people to be fit to be the servants of others. 
Interesting. William Barclay argues that self-control is the spirit which has overcome and controlled its desires and its love of pleasure. The Apostle Paul uses the illustration of an athlete's discipline uh, of their body to describe self-control. He says, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. Like an athlete, self-discipline is a key factor in successfully demonstrating the fruits of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Peak performance requires self-control and discipline. So we're getting an idea, aren't we, of what it means to be self-controlled. Olympic athletes, powerlifters and bodybuilders train for years, day in, day out, to have the chance to win a brief moment of glory. But as disciples of Jesus, the race we are running and the kingdom we are helping to build is far more important than any earthly athletic contest. Do you agree with that? Of course you do. If we want to be more like Jesus, self-control is not optional. Self-control is essential and we must cultivate its fruit. The term self-control might not sound particularly spiritual to us, but actually it is essential and foundational because it helps us to govern ourselves. And actually, self-control helps us to achieve true freedom. The Greek philosopher, Epictus, probably got that wrong, said, no man is truly free until he masters himself. No man or woman is truly free until they master themselves. I agree with that. Do you? So what do we need to do? Let's think about confession. The first step in developing self-control is to accept responsibility for our lack of self-control. It means admitting our problems, whatever that may be. Do you have a problem with what you eat, drink, receiving or seeking approval, with what you say, with how you feel, with how you spend money, with exercise or inactivity, with social media, or with what you watch? What areas do you struggle to have self-control over? That'll be different for us all. The Apostle James says, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away, from James 1 uh, verse 14. These temptations and struggles can be attractive, but they pull us away from walking closely with Jesus. We may try to ignore or deny our problems because they are painful. But the best thing we can do is to admit them to ourselves. Admit our struggles, admit our problems to ourselves and to God. We master ourselves when we admit our problems. Are you with me? We've got to be honest, haven't we, with ourselves. Perseverance. The second step in developing self-control is to move forward. We need to put the past behind us, especially when it's holding us back. The Apostle Paul says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward uh, what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward 
in Christ Jesus. It's from Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Failure in the past does not mean we will never be able to change. God is in the business of bringing personal transformation in our lives. I know that. I'm sure you know that. That's what he does. He brings transformation. He brings change. And the Holy Spirit gives us the power to break the negative patterns of behavior. We mustn't give up just because we've made mistakes. We must learn from those mistakes and move forward. Mistakes make us better when we learn from them. They're educational moments that teach us to respond differently next time. Are you with me? My granddad, Tony Taylor, used to say, it's not how many times you fall down that matters. What matters is that you get back up after every fall. Get back up when you're knocked down. What's the old cliche about success? If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. Have you heard that? Yeah. yeah. That's what we have to do. We master ourselves when we learn from the past and choose to move forward. Challenge. The third step is developing self the third step um, in developing self-control is to challenge our feelings. In my experience, my feelings can be highly unreliable. I don't know about yours. We often place far too much emphasis on our feelings. We're convinced everything has to feel good to be worth doing, to be worthwhile. We feel like doing some things and don't feel like doing other things. We have given our feelings a prominent voice and authority in our lives. Do we let our feelings manipulate us? I believe God doesn't want us to be controlled by our feelings, but he wants us to master our feelings. Not deny them, master them. When Christ is the master of our life, we can learn to master all things, especially our feelings. Challenging them and rebuking them if we have to. We have to challenge what we feel, what we think. We have to challenge ourselves so that we can learn. Our feelings, though, can help us to discern situations. They can be incredibly helpful in the discernment process. But they can also unhelpfully hinder us and stop us moving forward, can't they? Feelings are powerful powerful that's why we need to master the way we feel the apostle paul says for the grace of god has appeared that offers salvation to all people it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives in this present age we have the power to say no to negative feelings Christ has given us that power to say no. That was from Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 12. 
It's God, God's grace that gives us the ability to say no to feelings, desires, or impulses that are harmful. With God's help, we master ourselves when we learn to challenge our feelings. You with me so far? I don't know about you, but my feelings can lead me to all kinds of places. I don't trust them sometimes. Belief. The fourth step in developing self-control is to start believing we can change. Believe you can change. Believe in the transformational power of God. Our beliefs control our behavior. What we think really matters because the way we think determines the way we feel. And the way we feel determines the way we act. If we believe we can't do something, we simply won't do it. This lack of belief becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. The Apostle Paul says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. From Romans chapter 12, verse 2. When our self-control is being tested, we need to fill our minds with the promises of God. He says, God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure. That's from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. He also says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. From Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. We can change and transformation is possible some of us need to stop criticizing ourselves, condemning ourselves, and putting ourselves down. God doesn't put you down. He lifts you up. Remember, Jesus says, everything is possible for those who believe. Everything from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verse 23. We can master ourselves by learning to believe that God truly can transform us you're still with me still with me good accountability the fifth step in developing self-control is to make ourselves accountable to someone I have a spiritual director who I'm accountable to I have a mentor who I'm accountable to I have a family who I'm accountable to I have a church family who I'm accountable to. For many of us, it's really helpful to be accountable to another person. We all need a trustworthy person in our lives who will actively pray for us and encourage us in the areas of our lives where we need to develop more self-control. The Apostle Paul says, share each other's burdens. And in this way, we obey the law of Christ. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. If we are serious about this exercise, we need to find somebody who we trust, who we connect with, and who we know loves us. Who could that be for you? This may be your pastoral carer, your mentor, your spiritual director, or a long-standing friend. They need to be somebody who you can be honest with 
They need to be someone with whom we can share our problems and receive support. We all need support, don't we, in this journey, in this faith journey. We need each other. We master ourselves when we make ourselves accountable. Avoidance. The sixth step in developing self-control is to avoid temptations. We need to stay away from situations that weaken our self-control. The Apostle Paul reminds us that bad company corrupts good character. It's not easy to hear that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. There may be times that we have to stay away from certain people or certain situations that weaken our resistance. The Apostle Paul says, do not give the devil a foothold from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. Run, run from temptation as if your life depended on it. Jesus says, if your right hand causes you to sin, chop it off and throw it away. It's better to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Whoa, strong words. From the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 5, verse 30. Jesus was speaking figuratively there, I believe, and communicating how difficult it can be to cut off sinful behavior in our lives. It is shocking to hear Jesus teach about plucking out your good eye or cutting off your best arm or your best hand if they cause you to sin. But he was using hyperbole. He was shocking and challenging his listeners into action. Knowing full well that sin is conceived in the mind and by the desires of our heart. Experiencing the pain of removing the bad habit we have treasured is much better than allowing it to remain in our lives. We master ourselves when we resist temptation. Not easy, that step. And the final step in developing self-control, dependence. Learning to depend on Christ's power. The Apostle Paul says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. What is interesting about that verse is the sequence. God doesn't expect us to be in complete control of every area of our lives before he is willing to intervene. The Holy Spirit doesn't wait until we've got it all figured out, but comes into our lives even if our lives are a complete mess. God comes to us as we are. God doesn't say, get your act together and then I will help you. No, God says, let me into your life now and let my Holy Spirit touch your heart and shape you. The sequence is important because only God and the Holy Spirit can transform us. We must let the Holy Spirit take control of us, especially when we are struggling with that problem or this problem. If we are poorly, we wouldn't say, I'll get well first and then I'll go and see the doctor and take the medicine. We wouldn't do that, would we? 
We all need Christ in our lives now to help us navigate this life. We must depend on Jesus to change us, especially where we have been unable to change. We must also belong to a church where we can grow, be nurtured, and flourish. God wants you to flourish. Rick Warren says, the church is a hospital for sinners, not a hotel for saints. The church is for people who are hurting. The church is for people who don't have it all together, but who are honest enough to say, we're not perfect, but we want to grow into the likeness of Jesus. And we're in this all together. The Apostle Paul also says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. God not only gives us the desire to do what is right, he also gives us the power to do what is right. When we give our hearts to the Lord, he makes us more like himself. God must have first place in our lives and in our hearts. And we master ourselves when we completely depend on Christ's power. Okay, I've thrown a lot at us there. How can we remember all of these things? In what areas of your life do you struggle to have self-control? Remember, the Lord knows and understands our struggles because he cares about us and he's the one who can do something about it. The secret of self-control is surrendering control of ourselves to Christ's control because he has the power to change everything. So how can we be more self-controlled? By depending on the Holy Spirit to help us master ourselves. What we're going to do now is we're going to draw the series to a conclusion and I've just got some comments to share with you about that. The word fruit is used 66 times in the New Testament apparently and there are three different kinds of fruit mentioned. There is food, babies and children and spiritual fruit which is Christ-like character. We have looked at the fruits of the Holy Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now God wants to see this kind of fruit in our lives. Brothers and sisters, it's action time. We've got to put this into action, haven't we? I'm sure we already are, but there's always space to grow the fruit bigger, isn't there? Jesus says, this is, my, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. From the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 8. Jesus goes on to say, I chose you. I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear much fruit. Fruit that will last God wants our lives to be fruitful. He wants you to bear much fruit. Are you willing to cooperate with his plan for your growth? That's when I want to hear you say, yes, I am. Yes, I'm committed to cooperating with God's plan for my life. 
to grow fruit, to be fruitful. And I finish with this. Are you willing to allow God's power to change your life? Yes. Yes and amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to develop self-control in our lives through confessing our problems, persevering in trials, challenging our unhelpful feelings, avoiding temptations, believing we can change, being accountable to someone we trust, and surrendering to you and being fully dependent upon you. Thank you that you love each and every one of us Lord, we long to be transformed into your likeness, to reveal your glory to those who we come across, to those in our communities. Holy Spirit, touch us afresh and inspire us. And lead us forward in your power. In Jesus' name, amen.